0: The life insurers sector is in a state of flux. Regulatory changes, such as 2015's Pension Freedoms, have put pressure on traditional annuity sales, while many of the UK's life assurers are placing more focus on asset management as well as disrupting the Asian life market. For Aviva, its strategic shift began back in 2012, following the appointment of Chief Executive Mark Wilson. That involves selling off non-core businesses in several countries, paying down debt and increasing the cash generation vital to pay its dividend. More recently, the company completed its £5 billion takeover of UK rival Friends Life, generating around £225 million in cost synergies and adding life policies as well as assets to Aviva Investors. The group has also consolidated its UK and international insurance businesses into two divisions. Today, I'm joined by head of UK insurance, Andy Briggs. Thanks very much for joining me. Hi. I think it might be good, actually, just to start off with you explaining kind of what the reasons were behind that um, reorganisation, which obviously one of the businesses you head up.
1: Yeah, sure. So so we're basically bringing together our um, UK Life general insurance and healthcare businesses in, into one. And, and the reason we're doing that is is, is basically uh, two main reasons. Firstly, we want to face off to our customers across the composite. What we're finding is increasingly corporates, SMEs, advisors, and end customers – would like to come to Aviva and meet multiple needs with us, and, and secondly, we want to. We're making good progress on digital. But we want to increase the pace of digitization. So we figured, if you've got a strategy focused on facing off the customers across the composite, it makes sense to have one one business across those product lines altogether.
0: Is digital quite an important part then of of where Aviva's trying to to go?
1: Yeah, uh, digital's fundamental to us and and fundamental to to us globally. So so we now have about 55% of our earnings from the UK, 45% outside of the UK, but both those parts of the business are key focus on digital. And ultimately that's driven by what customers want. So um, customers are increasingly interacting across all sectors digitally, It improves the customer experience, makes it easier for customers, but also makes it uh, lower cost for us as well so we can offer better value products and and better margins for for shareholders.
0: I wouldn't mind speaking a bit about um, individual annuities. Obviously, I mentioned the Pensions Freedom changes at the start quite an interesting thing i found from just the most recent reporting season was actually individual annuity sales seem to have increased for for some um and and for you guys as well do you think we're going to start to see a a more kind of stabilization of individual annuities or, or do you think that um you know maybe low rates might continue to put people off
1: yeah so so we we saw the level of individual annuities drop significantly post the pension freedoms um, a, a, as you would expect, and more customers are just uh, you know running there pension pot forward for longer and just taking a level of income from it. I mean, to be honest at Aviva, we're, we're agnostic. We, we don't mind because we're a major player on in pensions and a major player in annuities. One in four uh, retiring people in the UK have a pension with, with Aviva. So so we've got a real real scale in this market already. And ultimately it's customer choice. Custom, customers that want to take their money gradually out their accumulated in a drawdown format from their accumulated pension pot, that's fine. Those that want to buy the annuity. What we have seen as you say is in 2016 annuity sales were were a bit higher than 2015 and ultimately i think it's 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 a relatively uncertain environment out there and i guess you know more customers were basically saying we, we'd like to be sure we've got a guaranteed income for life so um but it, it's customer choice and we're, we're pretty agnostic between the two and you know we'll take a strong share and perform well whichever way it goes
0: what are the growth areas then in the in the u k life business
1: yeah i mean it, it's interesting people often talk about u k life as being uh, ex growth and, and and it's just not it's just not the case because um because what what you've got happening is is the defined benefit market over a trillion of assets which which sort of sit outside of of u k life today. An awful lot of that is coming into the u k life sector through a combination of people switching from defined benefit to defined contribution pensions and also finance directors choosing to de risk their their db scheme and do do bulk annuities and buyouts so we actually expect over a 10-year period the assets in the uk life market to double over over a 10-year period which is de- decent levels of, of growth and obviously at aviva we're extremely well placed to, t- to take advantage of that and that, that's why we're we, we are very confident we can grow our uk life business given uk life is is just under half of the group um that puts us really well placed to, to deliver decent growth for, for shareholders as a, as a group as a whole
0: Yeah, because obviously you have seen quite a lot of insurers, kind of like a standard life's one of the most obvious ones that are kind of going a lot more into asset management. And I know obviously you guys have got Aviva Investors. So will kind of UK life, will that continue to be an important part of the group then?
1: Yeah, very much so. And I sort of think about it in terms of three broad areas of the market. You've got what we call long-term savings. Um, where, you know, for example, we're the number one player in corporate pensions. We've got over 100 billion of assets in the long-term savings market. Uh, Number one player in corporate pensions. We're a top five player in the platform space in terms of the net fund flows there. And we're getting an increasing proportion of those assets go through to Aviva Investors. So we kind of make them, you know, uh, uh, are able to participate in terms of the platform itself and then on the asset management side. And that's one of the drivers of growth in Aviva Investors. So that's one one part of the market. Second part of the market uh, for us is a and equity release um so that that's basically um uh, 60 plus type customers uh individual annuities as part of that but also bulk annuities and then equity release where people want to release money from their property that again is a market that's going to grow grow strongly as well long long-term savings um you know particularly with the, the growth in the bulk annuity side and then the third area is is protection where again there's still a need for people you know particularly uh you know younger people young families to have that that protection in in, in place uh, you know, should one or other family member die or fall ill, I think what's different about Aviva is we play across all of those. Generally in the market, many of our competitors have decided to specialise on 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 one or two of those. We play across all of those, and of course healthcare, and we've already mentioned asset management and general insurance. And, and I think what what then gets exciting about that is is we can face off to customers either direct to consumer or to corporates or to intermediaries and offer that broader suite of products and needs that we. We can meet and, and therefore build a deeper relationship uh, over a longer period of time and that's basically our strategy in the UK and you can see from our, our results uh, the week before last it's, it's working well for us
0: what about motor insurance and things like that i mean i've seen the adverts on the tv at the moment the new adverts is that is that going to become a more important part of the business as well
1: it, it already is we're already one of the major players in, in in home and motor insurance in the uk and um and, and yes we, we we see the opportunity to grow to grow well there so our um our general insurance uh, uk general insurance business profits were up 19 percent last year on the year before our premiums were up around 10 percent year on year so that that was you know, that's in, in a you know relatively sort of flat general insurance market 10 percent growth is is excellent and um we've got uh, 15.4 million customers in the uk about 11 of them on the life side about 4 million on the general insurance side we see a real opportunity to offer general insurance products to those life c- customers and uh we think we'll be able to offer them better value for money than they get at the moment and then using the myviva digital front end make it much easier for them to to transact that so we we, we see uh you know good growth prospects in and, and general insurance for us
0: i think it'd be good to speak a bit about um the friends life acquisition because obviously that was such a big deal and the cost synergies the 225 million um obviously a lot of attention by i think investors was paid towards that but what are the benefits from the deal um once all the cost synergies w- have been accounted for
1: yeah so, so obviously I used to run Friend's Life Group prior to coming across to Aviva, so and now kind of run the combined business in the in, in the uk so um I, I mean I think the cost synergies we set a target of two hundred and twenty five million of savings by the end of two thousand and seventeen so by the end of this year, we actually delivered two hundred and seventy million of cost savings per annum by the end of last year, so a year early and, and significantly higher. We also committed to do an extra billion pounds of capital return from the UK life business up to the the group we did the first two hundred and fifty million of that um, uh, last year so so we've we started that the rest will follow this year and next year and of course that's going to be one of the drivers of the promised capital return that that we uh, promised in our in our four year results a couple of years ago so there's substantial benefits for, for, the, for the business from that but um if you sort of stand back and think about it Aviva three or four years ago all the focus was the balance sheet you know it had a relatively weak balance sheet You know, our balance sheet now is is clearly very strong indeed our capital generation last year or, or, or organic capital generation or operational capital generation was 3.5 billion pounds uh, solvency ratio 189 percent one of the strongest and most resilient uh, in the in the uh, market the friends life deal helped to achieve that friends always had a strong strong balance sheet we then had the integration um, to do as well so people would worry would would we you know miss that and not get it right well we you know we've exceeded the target uh, a year early so what we're now left with is a business with that very strong balance sheet but also with a really strong market position because it was a very complementary market positions between the the original of Eva business and the friends business so we're now a major player both in the larger end of the corporate pensions market and the smaller end you know we're um, the, the number one player in uh, the last quarter of uh, last year in uh, the protection market, for example. So, um, you know, we, we got we got a very s- strong base and, and just feel very confident in our ability to grow the business going forward from here. Given the UK life market, we expect assets to double over the next ten years. We think that means we're, we're really well placed to participate in and and do well in that.
0: Do you ever worry about? Um, I guess some critics at the time said a UK-based business. Combining with another kind of UK based business. Do you ever worry that there's too much kind of saturation or get to a saturation point in the UK?
1: Yes, yeah, so, so relative to other industries, the life sector is fairly disparate. So our market shares are typically in the, the mid-teens. So I'm, I'm not at all concerned about that. You, know, you can look in other industries and you've got regularly got people with 20%, 30% plus market shares. So I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. But having said that, that, that level of scale gives us a material cost advantage. So our, our cost-income ratio is about 34%. Um, uh, the average of our peers last time we, we measured this when we did an investor day last summer was, I think, 49%. So we've got a a really material cost income advantage over competitors and then I think the breadth of what we have there's two big advantages of that firstly we can meet a broader range of customer needs we can build deeper relationships with customers but but also insurers are now sort of hold their capital on an economic capital basis and you get very good diversification between the different uh, lines of business so if you get a Canadian windstorm at the same time as you get a UK credit event you know because they're not correlated you don't have to hold capital for both you can hold one lot of capital and it covers covers both Of those, if you like, so you get a big diversification benefit as well. So we feel pretty, pretty positive about the position we're in.
0: The final question I wanted to ask you is actually one that was sparked by some readers because obviously Aviva is an income tip of the year, and that's kind of how you judge the value of a, of a life assurer? Because I think some people might view it as, you know, the assets and liabilities are calculated in very precise ways. And what if one of the figures is wrong? Or how do we actually measure the value of the business? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that and how, yeah. how a, an investor can approach that?
1: Sure. So, so I would encourage people to think about sort of three three kind of core metrics, if you like. I mean, first of all, you've got IFRS operating profit, which is basically the earnings. So, so you know, if, if line by line that is progressing going forward you know driven by both you know good good action on cost Good action on retention of existing book and good flows of new business. Ultimately, that will drive drive your earnings. So that's the first thing to look at. Second thing to look at is basically the capital generation in the business. So that three point five billion last year. Because ultimately, if you don't generate that capital, you're not going to pay dividends from your subsidiaries up to the group, and you won't be in a position to pay dividends uh, out out to shareholders. And then the third thing is 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 the shareholder dividend. And and, and ultimately, we we grew that by twelve percent last year. What we've indicated is we want to move to a fifty percent. payout ratio on the on, on the dividend we're currently at 46 percent so and we're going to do that by the dividends in respect to 2017 so effectively you know th- th- there's sort of a nine percent inbuilt dividend growth before we even then start to grow our, our, our earnings per share so uh and then there's prospect of uh, of capital return on on top of that as well so i mean ultimately it's, it's going to be that flow of dividends over time and the confidence that they're going to grow the way to assess are they going to grow is is are those earnings growing well and if, if the earnings are growing well then the dividends. Will- grow well over time. So that's the way I would, uh, I, I think, um, you know, I know a lot of your readers are, will be generalist in, in investors. Um, sometimes in the life sector, people get overly into the various embedded values and this, that and the other. And actually, you know, you've got to generate cash from your businesses, you've got to, you know, demonstrate you've got progress in earnings, and that's going to feed through to progress in dividends. And uh, I think it's, it, you can look at it quite straightforwardly.
0: Okay, great. Well, I think we'll leave that then. So thanks once again for joining me, Andy.
1: Pleasure. Thank you.